Welcome back to Movie Club. Today we have a mysterious new entry. We have a mind-bending episode. A mind-boggling episode. A mind-boggling episode. The perfect episode. Oh. Perfect episode. Because we're reviewing the film Perfect Blue. This is a family-friendly cartoon <laughs> that I recommend yeah. sitting down with the kids to watch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially yep. if they if you've never heard of this anime thing, this is the perfect introduction. A, yep. Yep. Sean, uh yep. You, you used to have a show where you would watch animes called Seanime. Oh yeah. yeah. So was this kind of is this an unofficial Seanime? This is like a Seanime, yep. I should have recorded my reaction to it and then when I when I started playing this movie, for some reason it didn't have the subtitles on, and so I'm like watching the first like four or five minutes, oh. being like, "Wait, what the fuck? Does I'm not like, going on. Yeah. Do yeah. I speak Japanese? I'm understanding <laughs> this, this perfectly. <laughs> yeah. So I had to rewatch it the first five minutes again. But um, I picked this movie this week. I said this on the Howard the Duck episode. Uh, last week's episode, that this movie was highly recommended by Johnny. And, you know, he said this is not really like an anime. It's more like just a regular movie just happens to be an anime. Sure. He says it's really good. All I knew basically about this going in was like it's a pop star who has a stalker. That's all I knew about this movie. Mm, okay. But, uh, yeah, that, that'd be so much more. It's funny. That is, come to think of it, that is usually how it is pitched. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking back to like promos that I saw for it and other stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's the only thing that I saw was like, yeah, her on stage and, you know, this guy looking at her. Had you, you seen know? this that's before, Rocco? I had seen this, um, gosh, maybe 17 years ago. Wow. And then just recently, they did a limited th- uh, theater screening. So I saw it Damn, there. you saw this in theaters? I saw this in theaters, yeah. Wow. Where was saw that? It, saw it in theaters, and it was the perfect... Uh, guys, if you haven't seen anime in a movie theater, let me tell you, it's the definitive experience because you will always be sitting next to one to someone who is laughing the whole time regardless of what's happening. Oh, This has happened sounds- to me on multiple anime movies. If I see it in a theater, there's always someone going... <laughs> it's like, does the Joker always come out for this film? <laughs> these films or what? Like... I, I hate when you're in a movie theater with somebody who's clearly mentally unstable or not yeah. even that, but just like their response to awkward situations yes. is yeah. just like immature and they get, I can't think of and one moment in this movie to laugh at. <laughs> yeah, I really can't. I mean, the, the worst scenes in this movie, this guy is crap. <laughs> and it's exactly what you were saying, uh, Derek. I think with anime in particular, I think there's a lot of younger fans who don't know how to process some of the more taboo things and, and uh, well, you know what also, I mean? Things I that anime you know, has. Well, if you're a younger fan at the perfect blue screening, yeah. where are your parents? Right. It's exactly. also uh, grown people <laughs> who yeah. are just immature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess that's what I mean. I first, total side note, I have a distinct memory of first experiencing that when I was a kid and we yeah. were, my parents took me to go see the Stephen King movie, the green mile. Mm. Oh, and every time yeah. something sad would happen in the movie, some lady would laugh her ass off. And yeah. I was like 15 years old being like, that woman's psycho. Like, <laughs> yeah. What's her problem? Yeah. Um, that was a revelation during, uh, the first time I watched Evangelion, the original show. Uh-huh. I want to say I watched an episode or I watched something with, with some other people and all these like really like, emotional parts that Shinji you know what I mean like all the little introspective Shinji parts they were like cracking up during that scene and I was like oh I need to watch this show by myself from now on I am not watching this with other people so that was it 
Sean, did you have that breakthrough with Evangelion, or was yeah, that? yeah? I we couldn't talk about an anime without Rocco bringing up Evangelion. Watching I mean, you knew that this. <laughs> I don't know. I've had this fear since I was a child that I'm dumb. That is like something that I've like always had inside of me. This like a fear that I am the stupid person, and I've gotten past it. And I've realized I am who I am, and I'm smart in some ways, and I'm dumb in some ways. Whatever. Watching anime makes me feel dumb. I never get what's going on. I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Like, what what am I watching? And <laughs> I felt that way during this movie. Like, I don't know. Yeah, See, I don't know. I think you're supposed to feel that way during this movie. Maybe. I think, I think that's the intention of this yeah. film. Um, I guess. Maybe. Is that the intention of anime? Because I swear to God, every time I watch anime, I'm like, I don't know. What the, well, I think in a way, yes. <laughs> yeah. I think anime really seeks out to do stuff that is not conventional in any way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but what's interesting about you bring that up and see, this is why, Sean, I actually didn't know what you were going to think, because I will say personally, I even though, Sean, I've listed a million shows, obviously Evangelion, obviously all these things I love in anime, they're mostly series or a bigger thing than just a movie. Right. I find that usually when I see an anime movie, I kind of feel like you, Sean. I leave them kind of like, well, a lot of weird complex things were thrown at me but i don't know if it like touched me you know what i mean i i kind of feel like you um i know ghost in the shell we were kind of divided on that Derek was really affected by that i was kind of on the same page as you sean with that i I, I, not that i didn't like it i i dug it but i just yeah left kind of cold by it but this was the first movie i had seen in all the years that i watched anime movies this was the first one that i actually felt like oh i got like a real movie here there's weird stuff in it, but I felt like it came together into a complete um, thing. And it, it made me watch more of this director's movie, Satoshi Khan. And I kind of feel that way about a lot of his movies. I actually feel like, oh, that came together in a way that I it did affect me. And, you know, mm-hmm. and so I wasn't sure if you would feel differently, Sean, mm-hmm. but that's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> maybe I mean, I feel like I for the most part got it. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I'm think. not even talking about getting it or not getting it or anything. I still think there's stuff that is confusing in this movie and yeah. whatever. But uh, but I still liked how it came together. Yeah. Um, I feel like if it was a live action movie, mm-hmm. same exact lines, same yeah. everything. I think I would have gotten it more. And I think I mm-hmm. lose something watching it animated. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that is in me where it's just like yeah. just, I'm missing something here and it just it doesn't. Sure. Click for me. Pre- presentation does affect things, I I think. And so maybe that's something that disconnects you or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But just my opinion, I, I um this was one where I left like, oh, that I felt like I saw a real movie here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, for anybody who's not familiar with Perfect Blue, this is an anime animated feature length film that was released in 1997 uh, by a director named Satoshi Khan. I think Satoshi Khan only made a couple of films uh, and died at a young age. Yeah, he died really young. He oh. died at the age of 46 of pancreatic cancer. Oh, no. And so, you know, all, he's almost regarded as like a, a film genius who uh, only had a, a small collection of films. Yeah. I don't know if all of his movies are as... Uh, Sean, I think it's funny. I think this is one of the more easy to understand Satoshi Khan films. Sure. From what I gather, his movies get... Even weirder yeah. than Perfect Blue. Um, you you might like. He did another movie called Paprika that is the, in, inspired Inception. Like basically, yeah. well, it's I heard like, that one makes no sense. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I kind of 
feel so. You know, and I, but... I'm not saying that like I overall hate anime. I just hate how it yeah. makes me feel. So you mm-hmm. know that's. <laughs> but this like, is a dark. This is a definitely a dark path. I just um, recognize, yeah. like you know, like I I saw in this like this inspired a lot of things, uh, like a lot of things from Wrecking from a Dream. I guess there's like the bathtub scene, and that is like shot for shot what. It is in this movie, you know. It's like there are a thousand things that yeah, this um, took from this movie. Yeah, this movie I uh, I would assume is a favorite of Darren Aronofsky because he bought yeah. the rights to it. Oh wow! And owns it specifically so he could rip off that bathtub scene. That's crazy. There's a scene in this movie. Uh, I I have a, a, a scene a shot by shot comparison here where it's literally like the exact same scene. You can't see this on camera, but. This one is Look the up. animated scene on, on this side, and this is uh, the shot from Recreation. There's a YouTube dream. video of it, and it's a side by side, and it's exactly that. Now, yeah, it's interesting because I always heard that Darren Aronofsky like did the yeah he like went through the proper channels and like got the rights to that so he could use those shots. But it's weird because then I watched a talk with this director Satoshi Kon, and he kind of like refutes that almost in it, like where he's like. I saw that movie and I'm like, is this an homage or a ripoff? Like, what's ha-? like he kind of, uh, you know, way, Darren Aronofsky owns it. A lot of people thought he would remake Perfect Blue, yeah. but he never did. Instead, he made Black Swan, yeah, which pretty much rips off this movie. Yeah, which yes. is yeah, it that's true. Uh, I saw if you go into the IMDb trivia of this page, they have a side by side comparison of Perfect Blue and Black Swan. Oh wow! Even down to the fact where it's like both films contain a color in their name. Oh. <laughs> Some of these you're reaching for. Yeah. Um, this movie is about a pop star who tries to quit being a pop star and transition into being an actress. Um, and the response from her fan base is mixed. And it starts to weigh on her consciousness to the point where she starts to doubt her own reality. While this is happening, um, a series of murders start happening. Is it a stalker? Is it somebody coming for her? For her? Uh, or as the movie goes on, she starts to wonder maybe she's committing the murders because she's going so crazy. Right. Um, what else is there to say before we get into this, uh, into the nitty gritty? I don't know one? because this is so confusing. Like it, it, it just. I I was wondering how we were going to even talk about the plot because it is like a scene happens and like would that scene happen? Yeah. Did it happen? And I was definitely confused watching this movie, and I appreciate a movie that that warrants multiple viewings Yeah, because this movie is confusing, but you never be, at least in my opinion, you never feel like it sucks. (laughs) You never, well, you never feel like they don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. You just Uh feel like maybe I don't get what you're doing, but yeah, you clearly do. Right. Right. So you watch it again. They feel, they feel they're in control. Yeah. So with multiple viewings, there'd probably be more and more revealed like, Oh, I didn't notice that the first time. Yeah. Um, um, I kind of, but I, in regards to it being kind of confusing or kind of weirdly executed though, I, I, I kind of liked the, the vibe of the whole movie because I felt like it's a movie about like, you know, the lines of identity and who you are and that getting blurrier in the movie. I don't know. It put me in like the same kind of mental state as them. And then, yeah, on, a, on multiple viewings to it, it, at least on a second one, it was, uh, a lot clearer what they were doing. And Hmm. so I really appreciated that. But anyway. Uh, So the movie starts with uh, the main character is a girl named Nima in Black Swan. It's Nina. 
But in this movie, oh, I didn't it's, even know it's that. Mima. Wow. Uh, she's a member of a mildly successful J-pop group called Sham, and it, it opens on their final concert where she's going to announce that she's quitting Sham. Uh, in the past, there her most recent concerts, there have been some fights that have broken out because you know there's like rowdy um, attendance, super there. fans, yeah, or yeah super yeah, fans, yeah. Or, or even people who resent her. It's not quite clear why they're at the concert. Do they like her or not? Yeah. Uh, the movie opens uh, on a shot of these like Power Rangers on stage. Yeah. Which uh, I thought was funny. The movie kind of just has this really upbeat concert opening that is, it doesn't give away that the it's a dark film, you know? It right. starts really happy. Yeah. But I guess that shows you where it will go. Or to, maybe, you know. to what you're saying, though, about like the, the rowdy fans in the audience, and, and I think it's actually deeper than, than you may have intended, is like talking about like why are they even there kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I think this starts the movie off on the perfect tone because even throughout it, it's like she's wondering, is she doing the right thing? Is um, she, she quits her pop act? Is that the right thing? Is, and it's kind of like what's expected of me versus, you know what I mean? Like what I should do. And, and you even get that. The audience is like, are they fans or not? Right. Like it all plays into this insecure kind of, I don't know, this whole, the whole vibe of the movie yeah, to me is they, set really absolutely. early. They get into a fight. And then it's like everyone's watching the fight instead of them. And it's like, yeah, how how big are they? Yeah. Are, also, are you a fan or their what? Plane <laughs> reminded me of like a stage you'd see at SeaWorld. Yeah. It's like, this is not impressive. It's not a huge arena. It's like a couple people. Yeah. I would take this even further that the entire film explores the nature of fanhood. Yeah. And absolutely. the desire of the fan to not be the fan to be the person that they are a fan of, Mm -hmm. to live vicariously through them. I think that's the entire film is about that relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, it kind of, this movie, and I think I read this somewhere, it really is like Satoshi Kon exploring fandom. Mm -hmm. And you see every kind of fan in this film, the the good fans and the bad fans. And it's funny because the good fans have the smallest parts because they're just the ones who are like, oh, Mima's doing this. I read about it in the paper. Well, I wish her the best. (laughs) <laughs> right right yeah that's like the normal people are there yeah. and then from there you have every other level of fan where it's yeah. like well, i'm gonna go to the show and fuck it up because I, I i what's even this all this about yeah like, yeah, yeah. Here? you know what it reminded me of that first scene was when we were in japan and we were in i forget the place in osaka but it was by the river the the whatever that was dotantori bridge maybe i probably messed that name up because that's a famous location but <laughs> there was a pop group. Yeah, you performing. see that. You see that all the time around Japan. There was, yeah. And we walked into a concert that we were not prepared to see. I fucking loved it because I was in Japan. All of a sudden, we're by yeah. the river and the lights, and there's a pop group playing across the way, and, and guy, people guy are watching. With, a guy with a dog mask is dancing, dancing along with, along it. with yeah. it. And then I thought, yeah. is this part of the show or is this a fan? I don't know what this is. Yeah. But yeah, and I was like, oh shit! Like we, I've walked into this concert before. Like I've seen this exact concert. In Japan, and that was like it reminded me of that completely. Yeah, yeah. Pop music is a different thing over there. Where mm. we might see uh, a guy with a guitar on the street over there in Japan. Yeah, it was like a group of girls with some speakers set up and some choreography. Yeah, and that but just, they had a crowd, and you know, some people were singing along with in the crowd. It's like, oh, yeah. they knew this was going to happen here. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. Um, yeah. So the concert, uh, I mean. Goes well, except for the fact that there is a really strange guy in the audience that nobody seems to notice. 
Uh, and there's this famous, I'm going to assume it's famous because it was very striking to me, shot where he holds his hand up and you see his perspective mm. where he's kind of like holding Mima in his hand, mm. you know? And uh, yeah, that's where I felt like, oh, is that what this movie's about? Is this guy going to get crazy? Right. Which, of <laughs> course, they want you to think that. Yeah. Um, Mima goes home that night and this movie, I feel like, is an unintentional period piece. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Yeah. It basically is about a girl in the 90s who doesn't know what the internet is. When I <laughs> yeah. I rented this from <laughs> iTunes, yeah. but I think they added the date that it was put on iTunes. So it said oh. 2018, and I was like, this can't be right. Like, this, <laughs> like yeah. maybe is it an homage to the late 90s? Because like, even the fact there's like Netscape Navigator. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what yeah. the fuck? But then I found out later, no, it was made in the... Late 90s. It, yeah. This movie was yeah, made, made think, right? in 1997, okay. and at that time, Netscape Navigator was the most popular internet browser in the world. There you go. I mean, I mean, I used it. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone did. I got made fun of at school because they said you use Internet Exploder. Like that was like a really oh. insulting burn. And Idiot. then you got to be like, what do you use, Nutscape Navigator? Oh, yeah. I always called it Nutscrape Navigator. I yeah. remember that. And, and, Are you saying and, that? Uh, Nutscape. Yeah. Now they're gone. So Mima <laughs> signs on to Nutscape Navigator uh, for the first time ever, and she discovers that she, she doesn't know what the internet is. <laughs> this movie's yeah. about a 20-something-year-old girl who is like, what's a website? Right. Dude. Um, and she discovers a fan blog about her called Mima's Room, where somebody's been writing diary entries as if they were Mima. Right. And she's like, you know, oh, fans, oh, my fans, they're so weird and kooky. Yeah, but then I think at first she was a little weirded out because it was accurate, and it was like, oh, this is, you know, which I thought was, it was interesting. Yeah, and she also receives a fax that says, you're a traitor. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this whole, the opening part of this movie, I think, is really great. What I think is so smart about this movie is they really control the tone of the film and control what you think is going on. So in the beginning of the film, you have this sense that Mima is being watched, that Mm -hmm. Mima is being spied on. And she gets this thing that says traitor and the camera like pulls out of her window and pulls back out of the sit neighborhood and pulls back out of the city mm, and her yeah. window's wide open. And there's this feeling of like anybody in the world could be spying on Mima right and now. I mm. thought when she was leaving a concert, it was one. It's like, I, I can see Mima's room or something like that. I forget exactly what they said, but something like I'm watching you Mima. And like she moved on past it, but it's like, Oh, yeah. they said it. Like, so you a, heard that a big part of this movie which is brilliant and confusing is they blur the line between like what's actually happening in real in Mima's real life and what is happening in the art she creates. Mm-hmm. Like right. her, yeah. yes. her songs have lyrics that reflect the scariness of her real life situation. Yeah. And it yeah. makes you think like, did she write this song after this event or is this event happening after she's performed this song? And that's ironic. Mm-hmm. Or is this all in her head? Right. Yeah. Um, she quits the uh, being an idol and she joins a TV show and basically she has her manager and her agent. This older ex-idol named Rumi is her manager and then she has an older guy, uh, Mr. Tadakoro, as her like agent, older agent. Mm. And she's trying to work on this TV show and and while she's there, she gets a fan letter and the guy opens it and it explodes and he's injured. Um, the show is called Double Bind and again, it's like about a person who is a uh, ex pop star who wants to be an actress who's losing her mind. Mm-hmm. It's like, she's living her show. This is an obvious when it first starts in the movie, but over time that's like reinforced. 
Um, what do you guys want to say about at this point when the letter explodes? I thought it was funny. It's just a prank. They like, try to brush it off like it was nothing. Oh, it's just a, a prank. No one was that badly hurt. Like, I saw his hand all fucked up and he was on the floor. <laughs> I got some prank. Call the police, Mima. Yeah. And, and again, it's a great, like, I, I don't know. I think they're still taking you down that path of like, oh, crazy fan movie. You know, like that's what yes. this is going to be about. The crazy fan. They you start know. to blur the line with reality after that letter explodes yeah. because you're think so far that letter is the craziest thing that's happened. But, yeah. But this movie started really upbeat. Like she's just trying to have a career. Mm -hmm. Then it like hard cuts to a dead body. And this director's like, oh my God, she's been murdered backstage. That's, we knew this would happen. But then it pulls out and it's like, that's the scene from right. the TV yeah. show that she's acting on. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh my God, like. Yeah, I thought it was Mima, but it was just her TV show. They keep playing with what you think is happening. Right, and it truly never stops. <laughs> this the whole movie. Yeah, it, it, it gets amplified to yeah. the point where you start to feel like you're going insane, which I thought was pretty cool. It, yeah. it annoyed me at first, but then I was like, I see what you're doing here. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, Mima is, uh, she's a floundering actress and her agent you know he's like let's not report the letter uh and he argues for her to have a bigger role in the tv show that she's in and so they agree to give it to her but the caveat is that they want to do a rape scene with her mm -hmm. which she debates with her agent if it's a good idea because this is going to forever tarnish her squeaky clean idol image that all of her fans love yeah but she says i'm not an idol anymore i'm an actress i want to be a serious actress i'm going to do it mm-hmm and then this is the part where you got to send the kids out of the room. Because I know it's, it's just cartoon or whatever, but they right, filmed this scene. Uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a scene within a scene, right? Right. Yeah. Because we're watching the scene in a movie, but the scene is them filming a scene in a movie. And so it is a rape scene, but then they pause and they cut and the guy like apologizes. Mm -hmm. So it's uncomfortable, but at the same time, it's like orchestrated. What happens in the scene is Mima, she looks like she's uncomfortable doing it. And her manager like starts to cry because it's like, this is so not what Mima should be doing. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, now I want to pause here mm -hmm. because there's an interesting piece of trivia about this scene. Did mm -hmm. you guys, do you know what this is? I don't know. So check this out. I almost want to play it here. Look it up for yourself on YouTube. Look up. It's called the strip club scene in perfect blue. There is a song playing in the background yeah. of this oh, okay. scene. I know about this. It's yeah. a synth pop song with a Japanese singer. This is a very famous movie. People, it's a beloved movie. Mm. Nobody knows what this song is. Yeah. Huh. The, yeah. The, the soundtrack never listed this song. They never listed the singer. It's not in the credits of the movie. Now, people have found commercials from the 90s that use this song to advertise the movie. Yeah, but not the song. So somebody had a, had a copy of this track yeah. somewhere. But, but they don't know what the song as is. Of, as of 2020, uh, when this trivia was written, I'm going to assume it's still as of today, nobody knows what this song is. Yeah. Wow. It's been lost to history. So you can Google search this scene. You can find it on YouTube. You can hear the song, but... That's interesting. It's one of film's mysteries. There is, this is a little bit of a tangent, so forgive me, but there is a song that you hear when you're on hold here in America all of the time. Like, it's yeah. just a song that is, is like... like the smooth jazz? Kind of. It's, it's, no, it's like... Dun, 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 dun. It's like, it's a whole thing. Yeah. 
there was a whole podcast based on that because everyone was like, what's that song? Really? And no one knew wow. what this song was. And it was them trying to figure out who made this song and how it became this thing. Damn. And they finally found the guy who made it. And he made he didn't even realize it was being used. He made it oh. in some thing yeah. where like, I made it for some like school project once. And I guess the guy who was in the class with me took my song and as a joke, put it in something for a whole thing one time. Ooh. And then that was used by someone else and used by someone else. So eventually Damn. it became used by everyone. And that, so maybe it's something like this where it's like just some guy made it in his yeah. class and then some other one heard it. And like, oh, I'm going to use this for this rape scene. I don't know. That, what you <laughs> just described, that's what happened to Tommy. Uh, as far as I know, what happened to Tommy Tallarico with that oof sound effect in Roblox? Yeah. They used the sound effect that he recorded for what? Like Tony Hawk or something? And it was another thing where, yeah, I got put... Somebody uploaded it to a public domain thing and that got downloaded by another public domain thing. And then that's what Roblox, used. you know what I mean? It right, was something yeah. like that, where it was like a chain of irresponsibility. Uh, in a weird <laughs> kind of ironic twist of fate, sort of the same thing, but not really. Yeah. Uh, there's no original 35 millimeter copy of this film. Yeah. It was destroyed accidentally oh, uh, years ago. So as a result, every copy of this movie that's currently available has been sourced from a lower quality print oh. than yeah. the original was. Yeah. Wow. This is almost like a mysterious legendary movie, right? The original print no longer exists. Right. Yeah. There's this song that nobody can seem to identify, even though yeah. fans have been searching for, you know, almost 25 years. Yeah. Wow. So, something to look at when you, if, if you watch this movie in HD, whether it's on iTunes or Blu-ray or whatever. However HD they can make it. Yeah. But uh, there are parts that are, that are in HD still look, pretty good not as good as it would have if they had those materials but there's still film copies you know and i say that copies of the movie out there so i think they use those for the source of most of the movie but the effects in that movie were were uh only output um when they originally did them in like 480p not hd so if you watch in the movie anytime the movie gets really low quality it's because there's about to be a special effect. They only have like a little 480p copy of the effects oh. parts. Other parts they can source from different things and they look a little better quality. But I was having fun as I was watching it going like, oh, this scene looks really shitty. They're going to do an effect. Yep, there it is. There's a little hologram thing or, you know, whatever. Weird. Um, anyway, look for shit like the that. The animation to me was really... The, the people design was ugly. Like, everyone just looked off to me, and I don't know what that was. I think they did that on purpose. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, when they showed um, the guy who you think is going to be this, uh, is the stalker right off the bat, yeah. it's like, well, this guy looks really, like, disturbing looking, but then yeah. everyone kind of does. So is that just, like, the style they chose, and this guy just normal looking in I, this world? Or? Well, there's a twist at the end of this film. There is a twist. And it might be related. Why certain people are uglier than others. That's a good point. That's a good point. But yeah, when I when I saw exactly her uh, her manager, I'm like, well, this person's weird. Like th their eyes are so like. Yeah, they kind of look similar. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well. Interesting. Um. So at this point, after this scene happens, and Mima's reputation has kind of been. Uh, not tarnished, but in a way it has. It's been altered. Yeah. She yeah. sees that her old band is starting to chart more on the, you know, they're having some hit music and she really starts questioning if she's doing the right thing and she starts to have a mental break, which for me, this is probably what you're saying. Like if this was live action, it would have made more sense. Right. But because it was an anime, even I felt like she starts talking to another version of herself. Mm-hmm. 
You know, this other, so Mima like sees herself in the reflection of windows it, dressed as the old version, the pop. Yeah, idol. yeah. They would do that in a live action movie, but right. then the, the version would like disappear from the window. Right. But because it's an anime, it's an animation and you can do basically whatever. Yeah. The figure then turns and like prances through the sky, hopping from like right. street light to street light as yeah. it goes off and disappears. And you're left wondering like, the fuck was that? Right. Is that, that a fucking person? Like, yeah. Yeah. Who was that? Yeah. There's a lot. Uh, so she starts to have like a, a mental, you know, she starts to have a mental break. But also people who have been tarnishing her reputation start showing up dead. Mm -hmm. You see a news report that a kid has been injured and it, it seems to be the kid who was throwing shit at her concert earlier. Yeah. Um, And then... You know, the the screenwriter who wrote the rape scene that she filmed, he gets stabbed to death. Um, you think it's that crazy guy. You know, oh, you think yeah. it's that stalker. It's it's yeah. really implied that it is. Yeah. But then at the same time, because Mima, she's filming this TV show and it keeps jumping from the TV show is like, oh, yeah, she's she's having a break with reality. She doesn't even know who she is anymore. She thinks she's a pop star. Right. And it's like, oh, that's just a scene from the show. But then... Yeah, you start to wonder, like, why are they saying this? Is Mima having a break with reality? And mm -hmm. then you start to think, is Mima really the killer? Is she stalking herself? Right. Is Does she, she even not know on a show? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and again, I, I started to get confused. But then, you you know. They really give you every reason to doubt everything. Like You yeah. doubt everything and everyone. Yeah. And then it's like, is she even killing people? Really? Mm. Like, or is this part of the show? I don't fucking yeah. know. The part where the uh, the writer is killed, I thought was really fucking cool. Like he parks into a spot, and there's like blood looks like on the wall, and then like he hears like this music, can't figure out where it's coming from, and goes to the elevator, and then there's just an old CD player in the elevator playing the song, yeah, like her old sham song, and then he looks freaked out and he gets in, and then the door just open on the floor. He wants to get in, and he's like fucking annihilated, already dead, so dead with like eyes gouged out, like horrible like a crime of passion yeah and then just like falls over dead and the elevator doors closed it's like that was cool yeah that was a very crazy scene this movie is legitimately creepy and i think that's why people say yeah. it's, it's more than just like an anime it is more like a you could see this working as a live action film yeah you almost want it to be a live action yeah. film it's so i good. definitely did yeah are you gonna add to that oh no 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 there's just that like there's actually good shots like any other good movie you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. We also see that it's kind of like uh, that stalker guy is the one behind the website writing mm -hmm. Mima's room, but he's he's also like receiving emails from somebody who claims to be Mima, yeah. who is saying like, yeah, like my image is being tarnished. Like I need you to right, like get rid of this person the new who's Mima. doing this is not me. Yeah, <laughs> you need to get rid of her so I can be me again. Yeah, and the way that they present this is like, okay, so is Mima this guy? Is she have a double personality? Does Mima email this person and not realize it? Like, there's so much going on. Eventually, though, this is kind of like a horror film. Uh, Mima is attacked um, backstage by yeah. this by this uh, stalker. Um, Isn't he Mr. Me Mania? Is that his name? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yes. Mr. He runs the website, and yeah, that's like yeah. his online handle. Yeah. Um, but she is able to like get away. Yeah. Um, there yeah. was a couple moments of this that were so disturbing and things I never considered like putting a belt around her legs so she couldn't 
like escape and then like trying to rape her like and got in between the the I, things like oh fuck like I, I, my brain never goes to like dark places like this I guess yeah. and then it's like oh this is fucking terrible yeah. like I don't know it was like really hard to watch some parts yeah, yeah it's definitely. scary yeah it's it's really it's like a horror film uh, a suspenseful thriller um, she is able to like again this whole movie. <laughs> She gets away and she kills the guy, but then you're like, "Well, did she? Did she? Yeah, yeah." yeah. Because then it seems like nobody is even. Then there's no body. Yeah, even aware that this event happened. Right. Nobody talks about it. Yeah. Where, if this, if all this violence happened, where's the evidence of it? Um. So at the end of the movie, we're gonna jump to the end, and I feel like we're leaving a lot left unsaid but it's the kind of movie it's, where it's like you just have to watch it yeah it's very hard to just it list really it out it is like you yeah. watch a scene and it's like oh i can't believe this oh wait it's a dream yeah oh another scene okay oh now it's a tv show or is it is, or is it, it? <laughs> and it, a lot of it you just question like wait what yeah and then you're back and she's back in her bed again and it's like i i don't know i don't know yeah. yeah but personally for me i felt like they do give you enough to to pull you along to where you are actually invested in the story like Okay, I think Mima has a stalker. Right. Okay, wait, I think Mima might be crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait, somebody is talking to the stalker. Maybe it's Mima. Mm-hmm. You know, you, there's enough clues there yeah. to where you're trying to piece it together, and you know you don't know what it is, but you know you're going somewhere. Yeah. Right. At the end of the movie, uh, Mima, her, her manager, who is an ex pop idol herself, basically comes out and and she says like i'm the real mima <laughs> she yeah. comes dressed out like a old pop star yeah that's a that's a creepy reveal too yes when when mima wakes up in her room and it's like didn't my fish die they're they're right here like and, uh, yeah I when she that, opened up the window that poster down what's that it showed up the window and it was a different view and yeah. it's like what the fuck is happening yeah and she's in this duplicate room that uh, her manager made, and then her manager walks out dressed like her. Yeah, it's a freaky scene. So essentially, the big twist of this movie is that Mima's manager has been behind this the whole time. That yeah. Mima's manager has been having the mental break, and Mima's manager has been the one who is quote unquote the real Mima. She has like two personalities: mm-hmm. Rumi, the regular manager, and then where she thinks that she is the real Mima, who needs to protect the pop idol image. Yeah, she's created this whole fake room. I think she even like drugs Mima and brings her to this room sometimes yeah. at yeah. certain points in the film. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah. Y- yeah. And that's the thing. I honestly, did you watch this with Johnny? Because I, I, I wish that I did because I had so many questions watching it. Like, what the fuck? Is like, I wish I had someone there be like, this is what's happening. Hey, just so you oh, know. Oh, yeah. he wasn't. He would just be like, mm, notice that there's more stuff in the room. And then I'd give him shit. I'd be like, I didn't notice. Spoiler, <laughs> right? Why are you pointing that out? But see, I'm like, that, I, w- I would have loved that. <laughs> for, for uh, me. Yeah, but I was to that point, Sean. When you watch it again, a lot more stands out as like, oh, we're seeing what Mima's doing, and we're seeing what this other woman's doing. And see, that that's what's is happening. What right I honestly like. Once we get through the plot, which we can finish in a second. Yeah. Like, I just have a billion questions. There, really. Sure. I yeah. went back and watched a few key scenes and there's even one where that weird stalker guy is on the computer and you see him typing and then it cuts to a reverse shot. And when I watched it, I thought it was a reverse shot of him. Mm-hmm. But now I watch it and I think it's a reverse shot of Rumi, oh. the manager on the other side. Oh, I hadn't thought and about that. And the way they frame it up is it's a reverse shot, but there's a pole coming down the middle of the room that perfectly yeah. divides whoever this person is. And I think it implies split personality. 
Oh, two, that's great. Two halves wow. of this person. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about and that. Yeah, wow. the first time you watch it, you're like, oh, that's just the guy. That's And then it's the back of his room, and you think, oh, this guy's a big Mima fan. Yeah. But like, when you watch it again, thinking it's roomy and seeing the split personality, and you yeah. think, like, this bitch is crazy. She's got Mima shit all over her yeah, room. Totally yeah. recontextualizes it. Yeah. There's um, a lot of stuff throughout this movie, too, with like whenever she looks in the fish bowl, the, the or fish tank and things like that, where there's always like two, there's like two fish. Uh, there's a there's a lot of recurring like split things two things like that so that would match so exactly wait, <laughs> wait. so are we saying that that stalker guy didn't exist and that's roomy let's get to the end here okay uh but I don't know no yeah. you're talking about one Sean he's talking about one shot where it looks like a reverse of oh, him at the yeah. computer. I'm saying there's a shot where you see the guy on the computer and he's getting an email from right. the real Mima. Oh. And, then, and then the camera changes and it's behind somebody at the computer. So someone's giving them from I see. But, but the way it is, the first time you think it, see it, you just think like, oh, this is the behind shot of that guy. Like we're still in the same room. Gotcha. But now that you know, now that I, oh, I watched see. it again, knowing the twist that Rumi was actually the one with a mental break. You go back to that scene, and it's like that wasn't just that guy in that room. That was that guy in that room, and then the reverse shot was Rumi on the other end sending him those emails. I see. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. I think. It's heavily, Who knows? It's heavily implied. Yeah. Which is a great way to do it. Yeah. So um, basically, Rumi at the end, she wants to kill Mima and assume her personality. I think it's cool because the way they animate it, and you couldn't do this in a live-action movie. Mm. It, it looks like Mima. It's Mima and then the pop idol version of her. But every once in a while, the face will morph yeah. back into yeah. Rumi. Yeah. Just to kind of remind you, like, this, is, this is a deranged woman. I really liked, I loved, actually, when it was, you would see the pop idol dressed, whatever, running or whatever. And then the reflection was always Rumi. Yeah, in the outfit. Who's an overweight older woman? Yeah, she's like, <gasps> like trying that, to like most realistic. That kind was because <laughs> I when I'm watching this. I'm like, this person's like, like happily floating to each place, yeah. and like skipping along, and then like in her head, in her head, and then yeah, and then it shows like what it really is for a second, and I yeah. in the reflection that was awesome. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, and you know, just the delusions. And again, like I said at the beginning of this show, it's like you're the fan because you really wish you were this person. Right. Mm. And this movie explores every level of that. Just I just want this person to succeed. Well, I really want them to su succeed, and I'll fight for them. Yeah. Well, they're not succeeding, and I could do it better, and I'm gonna kill them and replace them. Right. Mm. Um, Mima uh, and Rumi avoid a car accident at the very end, um, which is weird. Why? Uh, the fact that it, well, cool in the sense that it was roomy in the middle of the street, sees the lights of the, of the car coming, but just imagines it being like stage lights. Yeah, and the like spotlight. Accepting of it. But then That's like when shot. Mima comes and saves her, I'm like, why the fuck did you do that? Just get rid of her. Like, you're, she's trying to kill you. She's been stabbing you this whole fucking time. Get rid of her. That's not Mima, dude. I guess not. Mima's no, better than I am. Mima, you know, Rumi is on a mental break. <laughs> she's out of her mind. She That's doesn't know true. what she's doing. Um, yeah. So what I wanted to say about that part is um, the first time I saw this, it was um, it was super hard to get the DVD. This is in the 2000s. Um, and I found a torrent of it. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. You know, oh I know. Oh, Sue me. what the know. fuck? You this did was that? In, in the early 2000s. It Rex was, Entertainment, come and get him. Uh, <laughs> only only way I could find it back then. Now now I own the Blu-ray legally. Thank and God. Okay. But, Thank God. Everything's cool. But uh, I that was the only version I could find. And the movie ended 
um, like she saves her from that, you know, the car. And then the camera kind of pans out or, or zooms out and shows the city and it ended there. I had never seen any of the scene after that what until I saw it in theaters wow. recently. Because, and I didn't even know there was more to the movie. I always thought this movie ends weird. Yeah. And yeah, it was because the fuck, <laughs> the fucker who put it on torrent was like, yeah, the file size got a little too big for like a thumb drive. So I just ch- trimmed it a little bit. And that's why don't, don't pirate shit because you got some dork making decisions for you. Oh my God. I, there's other stuff I could say that about too, that pissed me off. But anyway, yeah, he's, oh, I just trimmed it off. You get the gist. Like, what the fuck you? Anyway. Yeah. Well, you missed the 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 big ending, which is uh, Rumi survived. <laughs> they take her to a mental hospital, and she is all Mima all the time. Mm-hmm. It's now her dominant personality, but she's locked up, so mm-hmm. it's okay. And the real Mima is a successful actress. Huge. Double Bind came out. Yo, that rape scene was a huge hit. Everyone, 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 everyone loved it. Loved it. <laughs> <laughs> basically, that's what happens. Everyone had a great that basically time. is what happens. Yeah. Uh, and Mima looks into the rearview mirror of her car. She's like, yes, I am the real Mima. And the movie ends. Yeah. Well, and so that's interesting. She says, it's really me. And then smiles and ends on that. And the director said, he's like, I've had a couple people come up to me and say, to me, that last scene kind of almost feels like she's confessing to the murders. And he reacted and he said, good. Uh, not because that's true, but he's like, hey, I think it's great if it ends and there's still someone going, wait a second. That's a good thing. Yeah. Like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I think yeah. the one I, I saw, that was funny. like, I'm the real thing. Yeah, I'm the real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, it's funny. So I was watching it with Johnny. I don't know if he's listening. I, I annoyed the shit out of him. Because oh, no. <laughs> he starts explaining as soon as the movie's done. I don't know if he's going to come in here. And he's like, yeah. So when she's looking in the mirror and she says, I'm the real thing, it ends as if this was all just a movie. So you don't mm. even know like if this was all a movie. And mm. I looked at him and I went, it was a movie. <laughs> and uh-huh. he, he gave me the biggest <laughs> fuck you. And I wouldn't drop it. I was like, no, like li- literally like perfect blue at the end of the day. Like we just finished watching a movie. It, it is so a movie. you're right. And he's yeah. just, Shut the fuck. That's not what I'm fucking saying, dude. <laughs> so. But it, I mean, they do, you know, there is that little twist to it at the end as well. There's, there's always been argument over why is the movie called Perfect Blue? And, yeah. uh, and what's the answer? The, the leading theory is that the only shot of a clear blue sky with no like clouds in it is at the end. It shows oh, that. And yeah. they said that's symbolic of her, her, her She's confusion, finally... the fog of confusion going away. And my theory is because it was based off of a book called Perfect Blue. Mm-hmm. That's See, the, possible. The, the layman may think that. So here's uh, a couple questions that maybe you guys will help me understand this movie. Okay. Okay. What so happened? you're saying that Rumi was drugging Mima at some point, and that's what we're saying? Because Mima's losing her mind, At certain too. times, Mima didn't know where she was. Right. And was... There would be gaps in the timeline. She'd wake up in this room, and then it seemed like she was waking up in another room, and Rumi was bringing her food. And so it could have been that Rumi was drugging her, feeding her that stuff. 
It could have been that. It could have been mental breakdown, whatever. But I do think, Sean, a lot of the confusion in this movie is that I don't think it's always seen from... It's not always seen from Mima's perspective. Like, oh. like there's an inclination to think it's all in her head and it's going crazy. But I think half this movie is actually from uh, Rumi's uh, perspective. And that's how you're seeing it. I you know what I mean? consider that. Interesting. Yeah, I that, think. That's the thing. I think. Yeah. Like, like killing the pizza guy and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Mima was even there for that, you know? And I think you're, you're, it, you're looking at it as all one oh. linear. Oh yeah. That was absolutely because you notice that pizza box, mm. the company is big body pizza. Yeah. And yeah. Rumi is Mima with a bigger body. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so the Rumi kills the pizza guy. And then Mima is No, it, she doesn't kill the pizza let's guy. Let's go yeah, yeah, into yeah. it. Let's go into it. We don't know what this movie is about, but let's go into it assuming this. Rumi is the one who is crazy and has right. split personality disorder. Okay. And Mima is a victim of Rumi being her manager. Okay. And Rumi yeah. wants to be Mima so much, she may even drug her mm -hmm. and then assume the identity of Mima while Mima is knocked out. Okay, and so like for example, and then and then Rumi is also like Mima is ruining her identity. I'm the real Mima. I'm gonna protect the pop idol identity. Right, and so when when Mima wakes up and sees the blood of the pizza delivery truck driver or whatever that is, finds that, is it because she was drugged, put in the room that Rumi made for her, and then woke up, found the thing, and thought, wait, did I do this, or was that Rumi? Oh man! You also, me, you don't know bro. for sure. You, you don't know. Me. You don't know for what sure. Do you think? Was was Mima kidnapped in that room that she thought was hers, and then eventually went back to her room, and that's why her fish had died because she was gone for so long that she couldn't feed her fish. That could. Or, and then, you might very well. Now, yeah. now let me put a whole final twist on it. Or is it when at the end of the movie we're in the insane asylum and they say? the Mima personality has fully taken over. Right. And Mima goes, good to know, and walks out and looks in the mirror and goes, I'm the real thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was, is, was it Rumi the whole time? Right. Mm -hmm. Does, is it Rumi at the end of the film? Is there even a Mima? I guess there is. But is there? Exactly. And the stalker, did he try to rape her and then was murdered? Or you know, dude. Mima pushes Rumi out of the way at the last second. What if she doesn't survive? What if Rumi gets pushed out of the way and Mima gets hit by the truck and then the final scene is all in Rumi's head? The Mima personality is fully taken over. I am the real thing. And then, yeah, and exactly. And so now, and now. So many questions. Rumi is just living in this fantasy world where she's an actress who made it. Everyone knows who she is. And now uh, she's like free, but it really the whole time she's just in the insane asylum. Yeah, because that implies when when uh, Mima leaves that she's never going to see Rumi again. Right. But it could be Rumi just f vacating that personality. Like, we're never going to see the Rumi personality ever again. Right. I don't know. Well, a lot to interpret. A yeah. lot to interpret. I don't, I don't know. Know. I'm just spinning yarns now. Yeah, and we don't, I don't have an answer. It, but probably, it, was, it probably was none of that. Who knows? But there's certain movies that just the existence of like that you can think about it on all these different levels makes me like it more. Sure. You know, uh, I remember the first time I watched Eyes Wide Shut, 
when I finished it, I was like, yeah, it was good. I don't know if I loved it. It was good. But then somebody just brought up, you know, you know, I was wondering, do you think like this is that or, you know, do you think he dreamed this part or you think? And it was like, I don't even know if I agree with that, but I love that you can suggest that. And now we have, a, you know what I mean? Like it right. kind of yeah. added something well, to it. Because I think all the best stories are that way because yeah. life is that way. Like yeah. everybody has their perspective. Right? Yeah. Two people could go into a situation experiencing two completely different things and it's subjective. Like what do mm. you believe? What's mm -hmm. true to you? Mm -hmm. That's what great films are. They reflect life. Mm -hmm. I think this is a great film. Yeah, uh, we can get some popcorn shakes. I picked this one, so I'll give it first shake. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna give it four out of five. Ooh, um, it's good. an anime. You know, if they would have done it live action, would have been better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Apparently, they made a live action uh, adaptation <laughs> later, which sucked. Oh. Did they really? Yeah, they actually did. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm giving it four out of five. This I think it's really good. I I highly recommend everybody check it out. This was planned to be live action, I think, even before they animated it and then like had people back out like, what is this? And so they went, all right, just animate it hmm. is what I had heard. But um, anyway, uh, for me, the, I, like I, I already said it earlier, the, it, you know, a lot of anime films on standalone films leave me cold. This was the first one that really was like, whoa, this every little weird thing to me came together. And this almost feels like the closest that we got to like, if Hitchcock did anime it, it just, you know, in my mind somewhere that made sense. But, um, I really, I really love it for me. Everything works. I'm going to five. This is a five, five, five shaker. Wow. Give it a fiver, dude. Okay. All right, it's all on Sean. Okay. Well, it's he, he all liked on it Sean. more than Howard the duck. Well, well, official. Will this be Officially. the highest rated film? Go ahead. No, no. it won't. Oh, um, man. I, again, it made me feel dumb, which maybe was the point of this movie. Uh, of all the anime that I've seen, I think I liked it. I liked the most. This is your favorite anime. No, there it is. No, favorite anime. I don't know what my Show favorite anime would even be. <laughs> Probably Perfect Blue. I mean, I guess Ghost in the Shell. I, really, I listen, Sean. I tried to get you to watch all of it. I know you watched some of Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, no, that was, and I you was didn't leave that. that upset. No, that's true. That's what true. Did you like? Did you like this one better than Ghost in the Shell? I. Don't know. It's so different, and I I really like the sci-fi aspect of this, and like like the, the, the there are some movies me watch a person going crazy, and I don't like it. It's just too much. Mm -hmm. Can you believe that the, both these movies are like two years apart? That is interesting. Yeah, I get I a little overwhelmed. I got a little overwhelmed with this. You know, for me, it's of all the anime I've seen, it's pretty good. Uh, I would give it two and a half shakers. Um, and you wow, know, you rate it lower than he rated Howard the Duck. Wow, that's, that, so not that's, as good as Howard the Duck. You're saying see, wow. that's what you're basically it, saying. Well, I I rate Howard the Duck one, so it, it is better than Howard the Duck. You yeah. like this? But I only movie. I only factor in my scale because yeah. you that's like this movie counts, less than you know? Rocco likes Howard the Duck. That, essentially, oh yeah. Well, Rocco was weird about Howard the Duck. He may have <laughs> the George I, Lucas no, fetish I, thing going. <laughs> I call George out. I'm not. I'm the caller outer. I'm not the the uh, he who smelled the Delta kind of thing. Okay, yeah, got it. Okay. Right. It's a weird one. I'm done yeah. with this. If, this was weird. If you uh, had a long day, don't watch. Don't this watch movie. this movie. And you know, if you don't want to see rape scenes, don't watch the movie. And that's yeah. honestly, I didn't need that. But here we are. Yeah. So I'm. Yeah. I'm. Um. Anyways, uh, I'm gonna pick the next movie, and I'm gonna pick a movie that I've never seen. Uh, and I've seen the box for a billion times, and I've always wondered what is this Keanu Reeves movie all about. We're going to watch Point Break. Nice. Oh, I don't know if you guys I, have seen no. it. 
Yes. I don't know anything about it. I know I really it involves don't. surfing and Keanu Reeves. Well, get ready to fall in love with some American presidents. That's all I'm going to okay, say. Okay, so get ready for Point Break next time. All right. Can't wait to love Lincoln. Ride the wave. Good night. <laughs>